What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined as always by my co-host, the Oakie Longhorn himself, Dalton Chandler. Dalt, how are we doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. It's been a, it was a pretty good week of football. Um, you know, I kind of got a little reality check going against my beloved Tennessee Vols this weekend, but we'll get into that later. But it's, it was a good weekend. Texas didn't hurt me. Texas men's basketball beat the snot out of Arkansas in a scrimmage, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, you you go into the bye week, so, I mean, it was probably a pretty pretty relaxing week. You could kind of recharge your your fan batteries um, and, and get ready for what's a pretty important stretch run here for, for your Longhorns. A, a big run, four, four games that are most wins. But, um, I mean, we're going to get right into it. We've got tons of stuff to talk about today, um, a lot of new kind of weekly news and updates, uh, stuff of that nature. Um, kind of right off the rip, um, it was announced, what, two days ago? Monday, I believe. Monday. Um, Auburn announced after hiring a new uh, athletic director shortly thereafter, head coach Brian Harson was fired, um, which I think a lot of people expected that once they had made the decision to hire the, I think it was Cohen or something from Mississippi State. Yeah, Mississippi State's AD. Um, I mean, the writing was on the wall here, obviously. Um, everybody knew he was going to get fired. It was kind of when, not if. Um, but he was nine and twelve overall, four and nine in the SEC, and what was less than two seasons as the head coach of the Tigers. Um, well, I mean they they tried to get rid of him in the off season, like they they were trying to find stuff that would get him fired. You know, with his beautiful and I mean absolutely stunning recruiting director. Yeah, it was like a. Um, I don't even know the word for it, but yeah, they, they tried to uh, pull the rug out from under him somewhat, I guess you could say, but he's projected to be owed what appears to be about $15.5 million. And he in, gets half of it in the next 30 days. Yeah, and buyout money, um, so it's kind of a win for him. Um, I've seen a lot of people making the jokes about they're going to go hire Gus Malzahn. The UF, the, the up-and-coming UCF coach. Yeah, yeah, who obviously most of our listeners would know. He was at Auburn prior to Brian Harson, so it's obviously a joke. But uh, the interesting thing about this is Auburn has now paid $37 million in head coach buyouts um, in the last 687 days for an average of $54,900 a day. Well, you know, you guys thought Texas was bad about firing coaches, but damn. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't even make it out of year two. No. And that's that's what's just, like, what... I get that Auburn has had runs where they were really good. And I would say that I get that, but it was only like two years. Right. Auburn's a lot like, kind of like LSU in the sense, except not probably not as consistent. They come across a good team every five, ten years, and it's like LSU. You had oh four or oh three, you know twenty what eleven I think or no two thousand seven. Then you get twenty nineteen, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about this, I think, is the names that have already kind of surfaced for who Auburn might potentially go after. 
the biggest name being one Lane Kiffin, who's the current coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. And Dalton, I'm just going to be honest with you, I just don't see that being realistic for Auburn. I don't know what Lane Kiffin's making at Ole Miss, but if Auburn throws the bag at him, which I don't know, I don't know that they they can or they would. That would be the only reason I could see Lane Kiffin taking that job is for the money, because what he has at Ole Miss right now is a future. Right. You know, you've got the outstanding freshman running back in the Judkins kid, and the Dark kid's a sophomore. Yeah. So you have him for one, maybe two more years. And what you're building there, I mean, say what you want about Lane Kiffin and his mouth and all of his antics off-field. He just don't give a shit. No. And he's got that Saban stamp of approval. Right. And that's worth almost as much as being Nick Saban himself. But I don't I don't see it being a good move for him. No, I would agree. I don't either. And I also don't see it being a good move for the other name that's coming up in Deion Sanders. Right. And you hear a little bit about Dion, and then obviously Matt Rule is a name that has been thrown around, talking about both sides there would have mutual interests. I don't really know what that means. Um, I I just don't know. I mean, Auburn's a it's a good job. I mean, it's not like a great job. I mean, I don't think there's a job in the SEC that's not a good job. Like, you have the chance to have good success at Auburn. You know, they kind of live in the shadow of Alabama, like, but not not as much as some other in-state schools to, you know, in in respects, but I mean, you talk about a program that's had you know national champions, you know some really good players, um, the likes of Cam Newton and Bo Jackson. I mean, it's it's a prestigious football program. It's not a blue blood by any means, but out of all these vacant jobs open right now, it's probably one of the best. I would say. Yeah, I would put it. I would put it probably second on my list, maybe even third behind. Wisconsin yeah and and for the sole fact I don't you're not going to make as much money at Wisconsin or Nebraska as you are going to at Auburn but the ability to win like the chances to get wins is much higher rate at Nebraska and Wisconsin because of who you play right it's not a stiff competition I mean you go to Auburn you're in the SEC West yeah you got LSU A&M Bama Ole Miss Every year. Mississippi State, Mississippi State, Arkansas. Yeah, every year. And then, not to mention, you and could then, draw the fucking yeah. monster of Georgia or Tennessee or yeah, the Florida, crossover the crossover game. Right. And th- the fact that you have to play Alabama at the end of the year and knowing that that game's there is just, to me, w- would just deflate wanting to be there. Right. And I, I agree. Uh, and, and again, I'll just reiterate, I, I think Auburn's a good job. I don't think it's, you know, a, a great, great job, um, but... It'll be interesting to see where they go. I would be truly shocked if Lane, if that ended up happening. Um, it would be a stupider. It'd be as stupid as a move whenever he left Tennessee for USC. Right, and I mean, hey, just like that, you know, we got another another coach hops on the the carousel, another team added to the list. Uh, I love it's, it. It's going to be yet another interesting off season for for some coaching changes. This shit feels like. The college football game of old. Yeah. Like with his coaches getting the yeah, axe. Like the road to glory yeah, or the, uh, dynasty the, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, so just one position one position comes open and it's Right. It's just a it's just a tumbling wheel until it stops. But 
you know, moving on with some more of our kind of weekly news, and this is kind of just mind-boggling stuff to talk about, is um, now eight Michigan State players have been suspended. I guess it's suspended indefinitely, barring like investigation with law enforcement and university officials. Um, After the game Saturday against Michigan in the tunnel, going to the locker rooms, because at Michigan, there's only one tunnel that leads to the locker rooms, and they've had issues the last, what, three weeks straight with opposing teams. Yep. Apparently, seven or eight Michigan State players just jumped one Michigan player and beat the crap out of him, I guess. I I, I saw the video. It was kind of hard to really see. I I never really even saw the the Michigan player in the video. Well, he was at the bottom of the pile. Yeah, so... And they were just donkey-stomping the shit out of him. And, you know... I've seen the video of like the players going into the tunnel and yeah. Michigan held their players out and let Michigan state go in first. And then all you see is this guy running like up against the wall, runs into the tunnel with them. And then I seen the video of just the full on brawl that happens inside. Probably wasn't a smart choice by, uh, it was Jaden McBurrows was the Michigan player, but um, for what it's worth, the players that were suspended for Michigan State, I, I, I know a lot of them were defensive players that I saw. Tank Brown, Kari Crump, Crump Angelo Gross, Zion Young, Malcolm Jones, Justin White, Jacoby Winman, and Brandon Wright. Um, like I said, suspended, effective immediately. And I mean, you just can't do things like this in no. today. like. This could have happened 30, 40 years ago, and nobody probably would have ever talked about it. No. They're, they're, but as soon as this happens, there's probably 35 people, instead of trying to break up the altercation, pull out their cell phone. And, right. Oh, let me get this on video. This will go viral on Twitter in 10 minutes. Did you see the Michigan State coach or coaching assistant, whatever, whenever it breaks out, he just runs the other way? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you can't hardly blame him. I mean, those guys are you're talking about some massive individuals that, you know, if they're mad enough, who... Who wants to deal with them and try to stop them? Because next thing you know, you might be getting punched by your own player. <laughs> the, I, uh, it's <sighs> Mel Tucker's robbing Michigan State yeah, blind. He, <laughs> he, he he may actually be <laughs> robbing Michigan State more than Jimbo's robbing A and M. Oh, but, for sure, because he's mean, not he's not doing shit on the recruiting trail the way Jimbo is. At least well, Jimbo's he, giving and, them. And hope. even Jimbo has some merit of winning at least one national title. I right. mean, I know Mel Tucker's been a part of you know Georgia and, and some really good Alabama teams in his time, but yeah, I believe their their buyouts are like one million difference, like eighty five and eighty four million dollars. Yeah. Did, um, did you hear what uh, Harbaugh said? He said, uh, or maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was Joel Klatt that said it. He said, if you've got the energy to fight after a game, you either, one, didn't play, or two, didn't play hard enough. I, I did see that. It was it was Harbaugh that was said that. Was it Harbaugh that yeah, said that? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was. I, I saw that, I think, on Instagram, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's got a point, but... I, I don't believe that because there's been times where I played my heart out and got beat and I still wanted to fight somebody. So, I mean, that, I think <laughs> you, that's you just my that, co- the little extra the competitive. Drive. Yeah, that, that, yeah. No, I, I understand what you mean. I, I've been there. Um, but yeah, I just, something that just can't happen. I mean, and let's, let's be completely honest. That kid didn't just run by him and say, Hey, good game. We were all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure that for the most part, he absolutely asked for it. If, if I could only, you know, have been a fly on the wall, I'm sure they they didn't uh, have choice words for one another. 
leading into that, what I guess was basically in a, a beatdown assault of one guy. Yeah, I mean, it was it, how many guys got suspended? Eight, eight guys. Eight, guys. Yeah. eight on one. Yeah. Not good odds. Maybe no. take a couple teammates next time you're going to do <laughs> something stupid. Yeah, might might be a good idea. But, yeah, that, that, that was, you know, just some, some interesting, I guess, kind of what you would call the, the bonehead um, video of the week. Um, but the last little tidbit of news before we get into our what will be a spicy top 25 discussion is the Big 12 announced, I believe, Saturday, Friday, maybe, last late last week. Um, it might have been Monday. I don't know. Or Sunday, I think. It might have been Sunday. Either way, it doesn't matter. They are closing in on a $2.28 billion uh, media rights deal with ESPN and Fox um, that will begin in the 2025 season. I, uh, I had so much hope until I seen 2025. Yeah, with yeah, it, it will include the the conference's new 12 members. So this obviously doesn't have anything to do with OU and Texas. I, I saw a lot of people that it it means they're leaving early. It doesn't. No. Um, if it if it had been like an immediate deal to where it like comes I mean, into effect in 2023 then it would have essentially let texas i know you leave for right and scot free because they had a new deal in place but with it being 2025 yeah and not to beat a dead horse but i, I still think if it's not 2025 it'll be 2024 yeah i think there's a good chance for 2024 but probably not it, it likely will be 2025 but yeah this this new deal the uh, annual media only revenue per school is expected to increase from $22 million to 31.7. So you got a near $10 million increase. So, I mean, realistically, this is a huge deal for the big 12. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I have no harsh feelings towards the big 12. Like, I mean, me and you grew up on big 12 football, um, and just big 12 sports period. So to me, it, it's kind of reassuring knowing that, you know, the Big 12 is going to survive without Oklahoma and Texas. And, I mean, as of right now, I would say that probably makes them the third highest money conference behind, obviously, like the uh, the SEC and the Big Ten. Yeah, the SEC and the well, Big Ten. I, I say the SEC and the Big Ten. I think it's now <laughs> the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, because I, I think both the Big Ten and the SEC's payouts are over $50 million per yeah. school, which – is obviously quite a jump from that, but it's still gonna it's gonna keep the Big Twelve as a big time Power Five conference. Yeah, you're you're not looking into what the ACC having kind of a little bit of a I don't I don't I don't know their number, but I know the Pac 12s number is not good in their new deal compared to what the uh, well, and that's the Big Twelve just signed. In. That's who this potentially probably affects the most is the Pac 12 because now you see, you know, some of those teams that the Big 12 wanted to poach out of the Pac-12, they're going to see this and be like, yeah, you know, yeah. sign me yeah. up. Yeah, yes, please. And so then in that case, that number can even increase if you add, you know, if they – because I know that the most that's been talked about is like Utah, Colorado, and the Arizona schools. Right. Um, which would be good for the Big 12 uh, across all sports. Um, obviously, three of those four teams are not any good at football, but, you know, they're good at other sports, and, and obviously they're going to bring in money, but – yeah, I mean it's it's just a huge deal for the Big Twelve, and and like I said, the the nostalgia of it being kind of a a Big Twelve guy at heart, it makes you happy to know. While we're kind of leaving them in the in the dust, 
Uh, not to you know rub salt on the wound. We're gonna but we're gonna have to kill that little bit of Big Twelve that's left in your heart because we got well, we got to get this chant down. Yeah, we've got to get this SEC chant that, down. It's we just get, never gonna happen. Though. I mean, we've got to get it together. No. Everybody does it. We got to start piggybacking piggybacking off of Absolutely what Alabama not. does every year. Okay, so get on board with it. It's coming. I, I know. I just I can't. I need man. to hear it. Let's I, hear it. SEC. There you go. See, that's all you got to do. That's it. That's, um, that's, I, no, I, I'm, I'm happy for the Big 12. I really am. I think that this is a great opportunity for them to even more so stabilize right. the conference and, because and, it's going to become a dog-eat-dog world even more so than what it is now, and I think this puts the Big 12 in position to go get right who they want. And it's going to help them survive. Yes, absolutely. But with that, you know, that that's kind of all the, you know, news that we have. And, and so with that, Dalt, we're going to get right into our new, just released last night, college football playoff rankings. Uh, last night was the committee's first submission of the 2022 rankings, and um, they were something. So... Without further ado, if if you can pull that up on your phone, I will gladly give you the floor to read off our new top 25. You know, we had talked about what, who would be the number one team, because coming into it, Georgia has just been standalone, the number one team outside of like them jumping back and forth with Alabama, but... You know, at the top is kind of shocking. Tennessee. Yep. New number one. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. I'll read it on my first and we'll kind of go over it. Uh, number one, Tennessee. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Clemson. Number five, Michigan. Number six, Alabama. Number seven, TCU. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, USC. Number 10, Louisiana State University. Number 11, Ole Miss. Number 12, UCLA. Number 13, Kansas State. Number 14, Utah. Number 15, Penn State. Number 16, Illinois. Number 17, North Carolina. Number 18, Oklahoma State. Number 19, Tulane. Number 20, Syracuse, 21, Wake Forest, 22, NC State, 23, Oregon State, 24, Texas, and 25, UCF. Okay, so I have several problems. Well, okay, here, just right off rip, we, we'll, we'll talk about the Tennessee being number one. We kind of talked this week in the group chat, you know, where would they land because to to us, they had the best resume to be number one. Right. They have all these ranked wins. They haven't had really a letdown game since the overtime game with Pitt, where they kind of stumbled a little bit and struggled. Yeah, F- Florida, sort of. I mean, a, kind Florida, of. Florida made that close. That eight, game looked closer than it really was. They scored, they scored late to make it somewhat look reasonable. But... Other than that, you mean Tennessee being the number one team, I have no problem with. I, I don't either. I mean, that's... It might be the one thing they got right. 
Right. And I, then, you know, they... I'm being a little extreme, but... Oh, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you to a certain extent. But then you bring number two is not Georgia. Okay, explain to me what Ohio State has done better than what Georgia's done. It's hard. I mean, I, I, neither one of them have a real signature win. I mean, you, you look at, let's just look at Ohio State. Their best win is no doubt last week. Penn State. Against Penn State. Yeah. Um, outside of that, they have literally played absolutely nobody. I, I mean, mean, Notre Dame was a top five team when they played them, but Notre Dame is not a top 25 team currently. Yeah. Notre Dame's five and three, not ranked. And then you you look at Georgia. Georgia has their, maybe their one best win is skull dragging Oregon, who yeah. is a top 10 team now. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, re- resume, um, I definitely think Georgia has the edge. Now, I don't think you get a lot of difference between two and three because they they're going to play each, each other, other regardless. It so it doesn't really matter. We've always kind of had that. Um, but, I mean, I would probably put Georgia at two if it were me. Um, I still think Ohio State, uh, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Big Ten. And I think Ohio State's really good. They're really good offensively. They look to be a lot better defensively. I, I think they're going to win the Big Ten probably and be in the playoff. And they're probably going to be number two or number three. So ultimately it's not going to matter. But, you know, really the top – where I my first problem is number Clemson four. at four. That's ter- It's terrible. There, There's no real merit. For them to be at four, I mean, they have some top twenty-five wins, but the ACC is terrible. And and here and here's my deal. They they brought this up, and the slap in the face isn't Michigan. I don't care what everybody says. Everybody's like, well, Michigan's better than Clemson. They might be, but until Michigan plays somebody of worth, exactly. That I mean, their their non-conference schedule was a laugher. Which and they were supposed to have. I saw somebody talking about they were supposed to play. Um, UCLA and somehow that game got canceled and kind of like kind of like the OU LSU game back and, in 2019. And so, but yeah, they ended up playing some who knows yeah, Hawaii. I think is who they replaced it with. But TCU gets absolutely shit on. I in, agree in this first in this first ranking. And the reason I was the reason I seen and heard from the guy the big time, whatever his name is, Boo, Boo whatever. Kerrigan. Yeah, yes. what a name. He said, well, as a body of work, we thought Clemson was the better team because TCU has fallen behind in games. Did they not watch Syracuse? Did, have they not watched it a couple times? I, I mean, mean they, they didn't exactly dominate NC State. Or fucking Wake Forest. Right. They could have easily lost all three of those games. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Now, I will say... I'm a big fan of this guy, but the argument I I immediately find a flaw with it is Joel Klatt, who has said that if this was OU or Texas undefeated in the Big 12 with the same resume, that they would be a top four team. Texas would be. OU was there last year, and they weren't a top four team. They were 9-0, first rankings. Now, they didn't exactly dominate people, but TCU hasn't really dominated people either. No. But I, I went back and looked, Dalton. OU was number eight in the preseason or in the first rankings last year at nine and zero undefeated. Had wins over Texas, TCU, Kansas State, uh, some no name non conference schools.
schools. Uh, I, I don't know who all, but I Nebraska, looked, Tulane, Nebraska, yeah, and and a lot of those games were close. But OU's average margin of victory through those first nine games was eighteen point seven points. So you know you're winning games by two touchdowns essentially. Yeah, they were number eight. So I immediately find a flaw with his argument there. Texas, I agree, they would be a top four team because for whatever reason. You guys just carry that weight, I, and I get it. People love to bag on OU all these past few years because of the defense, yada, yada. But I just had a problem with that argument, but I do agree TCU should have at least been five, in my opinion. Yes. I, I think I think it should have been. You could have made a case for me with the top three being the same, like, yeah, whatever. You could have put Michigan at four, TCU at five, Clemson at six. Yeah, or even or even Bama at six and Clemson at seven. I, I wouldn't have a problem. I, I wouldn't with have a problem with that being either. down there because they just haven't. I mean, the offense has been hit and miss with DJ, and now they have you know, Debo Sweeney says it's not a quarterback controversy, but it appears it is. I, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, he goes out if he go they go up to, do they get? They go to Notre Dame. If he goes up there and struggles, they will jerk his ass again, and play the Clubnik kid. Right, and, and so you know you continue to go down the list and. The next problem that I severely have is LSU. No, oh, at number is, ten. This is just it's it's complete SEC bias. I would love someone to explain to me how LSU is the tenth best team in the country. Because what Joel Klatt said, they're stuck with Ole Miss, and LSU beat Ole Miss. But my argument to that is Same. just just last year, Michigan State beat Michigan. And they rank Michigan ahead of Michigan State. I, I, you're like not literally the following week. You're not going to get any argument with me because Utah beat USC two weeks ago. Exactly. And they're ranked 14th. And same deal. USC's ranked ninth. I, it's complete SEC bias. It's, and it is. and I will say this: this is giving Alabama another top ten win. Exactly. Exactly. And it's that's that's what it is. And I'm not going to try to. You know, poo-poo on Bama. Like, I'm really not trying to do that. But I just do not think LSU is even close to a top 10 or top 15 team. I don't think that they're a severely bad team. No, they've got, I, I would they, say they they're, have they're, improved. They're a, they're a top 25 team. I'm fine saying that. But top 10, number 10? I mean, their two, their two losses are the Florida State just debacle they had, which you can write that off to first game jitters, whatever. They've improved throughout the year. Now they get boat raced. I am. By Tennessee. Yeah. But apparently getting boat, boat race doesn't matter because we have Oregon at number nine exactly. or at number eight. So getting your brains beat in doesn't matter. Well, here's my thing with LSU. They want to talk about eye test, right? Okay. Sure. They beat Ole Miss. I, Ole Miss didn't play that great in the second half. Things just didn't go their way. No. I think they play that game 10 times. L- L- Ole Miss probably wins six or seven times. Right. Or more. But you look at the teams immediately behind LSU. And if I had money to bet, if LSU played Ole Miss, UCLA, Kansas State, Utah, or Penn State, they would lose. I think they would lose every single one of those games. I agree. Neutral site, on the road, at home, I I think all five of those teams might be better than LSU based on what I have seen. I feel like you could go even deeper down the list. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean LSU got beat by Florida State, who, you know, looked okay, but they're not anything special. Nope. And what, who else they get beat by? Tennessee. Mississippi State? Oh, no, Tennessee. No, Tennessee. They Tennessee beat Mississippi just, State. Yeah. So, so I mean, they have wins, but kind of 
when it's kind of like we're going to get to in a minute, they don't have any good wins. Yeah, Ole Miss. Ole that's Miss, it. that's it. But I mean. But yeah, they beat A&M, right? Or have they played? They yet? haven't played. That's so last they, game they beat season. Mississippi State. Um, they beat Arkansas. No, they haven't played. Haven't that. played Arkansas yet either. So, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I think Alabama's probably going to beat LSU's brains in this weekend, which that's a game we're going to talk about. But and so they'll, you know, they'll probably fall to seventeen or something if that's, they lose that game. That's what. Uh, that's what I was going to say. You know, if if they get just ran by Bama this weekend, they'll probably drop to like eighteen. Yeah, and so you know to to. Get off that soapbox. You continue to go down the list. I, I don't have any huge problems with anybody else. You know, I know I gave you a hard time about Texas being at 24. I don't know that they belong at 24. And I, I think that SEC bias creeps in a little bit more there with the fact that Alabama went to Texas and won that game on the road, hostile environment against a top 25 team. And it's like, okay. Well, okay. Here's my deal. And this is kind of what. I was kind of want to get into it before I just like, you know, get on this big long soapbox of ifs and buts. Texas is closer to eight and oh, seven and one than they are what how whatever four and four, three and five. And you know, you look at their losses, two top twenty teams, one point at home to Alabama, you lose your starting quarterback and then you go to old to Stillwater where you have a two touch where you have a two touchdown lead going into or two touchdown lead right before the half and then a ten point lead going into the fourth quarter and it slips away. Like Well, no and I I not I agree. I mean I'm I, I don't think that Texas is just should be in here just like hundred percent. But I can see where their losses are kind of forgivable. The tech game not forgivable. Right, but the you can't be you can't just scold them for losing to a top twenty team. No, and and I understand that, and I'm not not trying to crap on Texas on your behalf, but I just think that that is more of the SEC bias trying to get Bama a top twenty. Like, win. It gives Bama a top twenty five win. I don't think Texas is a terrible team. I think you guys are absolutely right on the fringe right now of being a top twenty five team. Um. I just would have right outside personally, um, but I, like I said, look, looking at the rest of the rankings, I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of issues with it. I mean, and and let's be honest, anything outside of tw- shit, I'd go as far as saying twelve, like twelve and down, all still have a chance to make it. Yeah, I would agree. Ex- except for ten, ten's not making it. I would agree. So twelve and twelve and up is just kind of well, kind of just giving teams top twenty five wins, right? And I mean, you have to have rankings, um, right? I mean, yeah, you you look past UCLA. I mean, the only team I would give a even fighting prayer of a chance, I guess, if they won out and won the Big Ten, would maybe be Illinois, maybe, but. With what with what's going to probably unfold, I mean, the committee I think is going to be in a bind this year. Yeah, because I I think you're going to potentially have either undefeated, like the the SEC is a problem. It's 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 a big problem because you're going to potentially have Alabama at like twelve and one SEC champ with, with Georgia Tennessee. Georgia and Tennessee at 
11 and 1. 11 and 1 and 12 and 1. Yep. Like, what, do you put them all three in? I, I don't know. I, I personally put a lot of weight on making your conference title game. I, I kind of think that, you know, between Georgia and Tennessee this week, like, it's, it's kind a, of a playoff game. It's a game. playoff game. It, like, it's so, a, to it's, me. It's a play-in game for sure. You lose that game, like, okay, that was your you're, chance. You're out. Like, sorry. It is what it is. Win the game. You're right. Um, but people make the argument, oh, you can't tell me there's three other teams that are better than ten. It's like, well, I I don't know. Win the game. Yeah, win the game. And you're talking about, I mean, at this moment right now, TCU, who's undefeated, and I, I mean, I, they could easily run the table, but they could easily lose, you know, a game or two. I, I don't know. Who knows? And then you're going to have to deal with the Pac-12 with Oregon and USC and Utah or at UCLA. UCLA. There's going to be uh, probably a one-loss Pac-12 conference champ, I would assume, it likely. I mean, Utah's only got one loss in conference, too, so they could they could spoil it all. And then you have Clemson, who's probably going to run the table, win the, S- the ACC, and then you got Michigan and Ohio State, who the loser of that game is going to be 11-1. and one. And he's, they should be out. And I agree. And so the, they're, they're going to have a lot – there's going to be a lot of one-loss teams this year, I feel like, that get left out because it's just – the. I feel like this would have been a perfect year for the freaking eight the, or twelve team 12 playoff. Team playoff, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I guess to kind of get off that soapbox, that that's kind of our our playoff rankings and our you know initial thoughts on you know these first rankings. I'm not going to say that they don't matter because I think that they you know have some bearing on how it all turns out based on where you start. But um, with that, doll, we're we're going to get right into our week. I guess what was it, week nine? Uh, review, and so on our picks. You went three and three this week. I went four and two. Got one uh, back. I got I got one back. So it was, it was a a win for me this week. Fucking um, North Carolina. But yeah, to take us right into our first game, uh, North Carolina covers easily minus four and a half at home, beating Pitt forty two to twenty four. Um, I watched quite a bit of the second half of this game. It was really close first half. I think when I started watching, it was 28, 24, uh, or 24, 21 pit. I was going to say the last time I looked at it, it was like 24 to 14. And I was like, Hey, there you go. Money in the bag. And then yeah, they North rip Carolina. off 28 unanswered. Right. Um, <laughs> Because you sent that and you were like, UNC. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I look and I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, nobody's talking about him, but the May kid, quarterback, pretty solid, pretty good player. Not not bad. Um, arguably, right now, probably the best quarterback in that conference. Um, five touchdowns. Like you said, they had a twenty-one to nothing fourth quarter uh, difference, uh, which is really where they separated in that game. A really good game up to that point. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, kind of a. I'd say kind of a disappointing season. A team that started in the top twenty-five, you know, played Tennessee really close, had a chance to win that game. But um, this is kind of who we thought they were. <laughs> Even in the beginning of the year, we kind of marked them off as a team that wasn't going to have a real great year, right? And that they were all living off the merit of the Pickens and the Addison kids' success from last year. Yeah, Pickett, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, Drake May. I think it's Drake May. He goes thirty-four or forty-four. 388 yards, and like I said, five touchdowns. Also led the team in rushing 61 yards, which not that that's anything to write home about. But, um, yeah, like like I said, this this was a really good game. And then North Carolina just kind of found a way late to pull away and kind of slam the door on Pitt. 
Um, so, you know, on that pick, you were on Pittsburgh at plus four and a half. I, I took UNC, and like you said, I, I was a little nervous early on. I thought, eh, Dalton might have had a point, but Tar Heels didn't let me down. Look, and, look at Mac Brown, though. Yeah, seven. Look at, look at the success he's done at North Carolina. Yeah, seven and I mean, one. Um, truly impressive. I, I'll just look here. Yeah, so they're in the division opposite. They're likely going to play uh, Clemson for the ACC title at this point. Um, they're in the the coastal division, um, and they're they have a two game lead. So I don't see nobody yeah. catching them. No, there's not very many. You got Virginia Tech, Pitt, Miami, Duke. Uh, not not very many good teams in that division. That is which, a laugher of a division. And, and the Atlantic has four top twenty five teams, but you know how how everybody's good. lost to Clemson. Right. So yeah, the 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 three that are ranked besides Clemson have all lost to Clemson. So, yeah, good good for Mac Brown. You know, he got seven and one. Like like I said, number twenty one in the country, and and they're they're going to have a chance to maybe ruin Clemson's season. Oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> so, our second game that we picked, I believe, was Illinois and Nebraska, and you gave me a hard time about this game. Well, I mean, you you made it sound like. Like playing at Lincoln was just so tough, and that they like Nebraska's an imposing presence anymore. No, I I didn't mean to sound that way. I just meant if Nebraska could hang in the game, it could cause some problems for an Illinois team that they're okay, but they're not great. They got the good running back. I mean, Chase Brown's a Chase Brown's a stud. But this was a good game. I mean, for the most part, Illinois kind of pulled away late. But early on, Nebraska led. I think it was like nine to three or nine to six, something like that. Yeah, it was nine to six. And obviously, Nebraska they don't score again. I think Casey Thompson got hurt in this game. Um, pretty sure. I didn't watch much of it, but um, Illinois ended up winning twenty six to nine, and we actually did both take Illinois at minus eight. There, I was I was a little worried there for a minute because Illinois was having some trouble scoring, but. You know, they scored those two touchdowns in the second quarter, and that was really all they needed. Um, so, you know, we talk about the DeVito kid, 20 of 22 for 172 yards. If anybody throws the ball that many times, you would think that they're going to have higher number passing yards, but Illinois really doesn't take deep shots down the field. Right. Like he, they don't put him in a position where he could fail. It's a lot of check down stuff, a lot of guys in space, bubble screens, or an RPO. I mean, if you put it in the Brown kid's stomach, the defense has to be aware of it. Right. 32 carries for 149 yards. Right, and he I mean, now now has over 1,200 yards rushing through eight games. Um, pretty, pretty good player, like I said. But uh, this, this game really, I had said that Nebraska, they may give them some trouble, and I think that they kind of did early on. Um, but it went about how I thought it would. I figured it would be kind of an ugly, gross game to watch, which it was. I mean, 26-9, to nine, that's a very random football right. score. But, yeah, ultimately, we, we both took Illinois at, what was it, minus eight? Mm-hmm. Minus and, eight. And so they do cover winning by 17 on the road, which that's a good win. I mean, Nebraska's terrible, but, you know, good for Illinois. Seven and one. Look like they likely will play in the Big Ten championship game and get destroyed by right. Michigan Ohio or Ohio State. Um, so, congratulations! You won your division. Here's Ohio State. 
Good luck. But what if? <laughs> that would be chaos. <laughs> like I said, that that would be very interesting if if they somehow pulled pulled that out of their hat and won the won the Big Ten. Um, but that takes us to our third game, and we <laughs> we were both off on this one, Dalt. Um, Notre Dame goes to Syracuse and covers plus three. Easily, they beat the shit out of with them. a four, forty-one to twenty-four they victory over the Orange to <laughs> to give Syracuse back-to-back losses. Um, they they do end up remaining in the top twenty-five following that game, but um, I saw an update on this score and I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> when, did when, not expect that. When did Notre Dame find a way to score touchdowns? Right? How, how did they score forty-one points? Because the Syracuse team I watched against Clemson looked pretty solid. Right, um, but yeah. Um, Notre Dame kind of got out early and just never looked back. Right. Kind of just controlled the game. I know they they had a defensive touchdown that kind of gave them some separation early, I believe. But, yeah, they they really just kind of dominated this game start to finish. Yeah, I mean, 21-7 to lead at the half. And then, you know, they cut it to 24 to 17 at the end of the third and you're kind of thinking okay Syracuse is gonna find a way Notre Dame's gonna choke this one off and then they just absolutely yeah take off score two two unanswered touchdowns yeah I mean who who is the Rio Wilson kid that played court did the quarterback at Syracuse get hurt I I I don't know. I didn't watch the game because that's not that's not reg- their regular quarterback. No. Uh-uh. He was um, he was eleven for twenty two. I I guess the Schrader kid got hurt. He yeah, mu- he, he must have got hurt. He did because he was five for fourteen. Yeah, um, which probably didn't help. I honestly didn't even realize that. I like I like I said, I, I didn't watch a whole lot of this game, but once I saw that Notre Dame had like a two or three touchdown lead, I was like, okay, well, we lost that one. Yeah, that, that one's out the window. The uh, orange orange let us down there. Um, so we, we actually were both on Syracuse for that game at minus three um, at home. Didn't – what wasn't good. Did, did not go well. Uh, but next game, the fighting lane train Ole Miss Rebels go on the road to the vaunted Kyle Field in College Station and Where come you out – buy a ticket – for, for two dollars, yeah. Um, Ole Miss covers almost right on the money. They were a two and a half point favorite, uh, and A and M scored late to make this game closer than it really was. Uh, the final was thirty one to twenty eight. Uh, uh, Ole Miss actually trailed early in this game. I, I watched this game. Um, I was at work Saturday, and we really did weren't super busy, and I kind of got to sit down and watch this game, and. In the beginning, I'll say this: the Wagman kid's not bad. No, he he he's he's a competent quarterback. He's definitely the best one on their roster, right? Easily. And but at the same time, Jimbo just puts him in a position to where it's asking him to do too much. Well, yeah, I mean, you saw the the video of he got rocked, he got smoked, and Jimbo's like, "Get over here!" Like, yeah, dude, this guy just got his head taken off. Like, yeah. chill out. It's it's. Fourth and ten, and Ole Miss is rushing three, dropping eight, and getting pressure. The nose tackle for 
uh, Ole Miss was just whooping the center and the, the right guard all night. Yeah, A&M's cool. offensive line is bad. And he steps into the pocket and makes a high throw. But, I mean, he has an Ole Miss guy at his feet. And he's coming off the field, and Jimbo's just, like, eating his ass. And I'm like, you put this kid in a fourth and ten position because you are trying to make him make throws that it's his first start. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, let I- him throw a bubble screen to a five-star receiver. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he's a highly recruited kid, but ultimately, like, you throw him basically right into the fire to the Wolves. And and after all the – Let's be honest, Jimbo doesn't exactly set quarterbacks up for success no. with his play calling. No, um, not at all. So, yeah, like, like we said, a- A&M had, had an early lead. They were up, I think, 14-7. to seven, mm-hmm. And then a- uh, Ole Miss kind of kind of separated. Um, Judkins happened. at In the third quarter, I think it was, when they kind of – Kind of took control of the game because I think I believe A and M led at halftime. I'm pretty sure. I think I think Ole Miss took off. Yeah. In yeah. The third. So it was 14 to 10 at halftime, and so yeah, Ole Miss scores 14 unanswered in the third to to take a. I guess it would have been an 11 point lead, or a yeah something like that. Anyway, you should talk about the Judkins kid. That guy's going to be a star. Oh, a, a superstar. And I don't think Lane Kiffin leaves <laughs> him at Ole Miss and goes to Auburn for that reason. Right. Well, if he leaves, he'd just take him with him probably. But I, I agree. I, I wouldn't go to Auburn if I was a Judkins kid. Well, yeah. No. I, <laughs> Did you know that that kid wasn't even nationally ranked? I, I think I had saw that on Twitter. And Lane went and watched one of his games in like late December or something in last year. In the year. rain and in the snow, and was like, "Yeah, we're 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 gonna get this guy." Yeah, thirty-four carries for two hundred and five yards, only one touchdown. But um, what is a pretty dang good A and M defense? Yeah, I just mean, uh, had his way. Yeah, with him. he. And I made this comment before anybody that can push Zach Evans into the RB two spot. Right, you knows you knows a talented kid because Zach Evans kind of all right, yeah, stood really, out this really weekend too. I mean, he had, I want to say he had over fifty yards rushing as well. Yeah, but I mean, that's just A and M looks just completely defeated. Is this the first time you know I had saw? Yeah, so this is the first time that they've scored. Over twenty four points, I had seen a lot had been made of it. Yeah, this is against first. an FBS team and so many games or whatever. So they scored twenty eight, which that was a late touchdown. It was thirty one twenty one late. I was to say it was like it was like with a minute yeah. and a half left, and you know they do get the ball back with a chance. I want to say that they ended the game with a fourth down turnover on downs, I yeah. believe, but. They didn't have any timeouts. He had like thirty seconds to go ninety yards. Not not happening. No. And <laughs> and then you get all the Lane Kiffin. Oh the the the, the sauce the rapport yes. after the game. Oh my goodness! What do he say? I'm gonna he's gonna get, well, they, get his Joker costume. Yeah, they asked borrow Jimbo's Joker yeah, costume. <laughs> they 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 asked Lane Halloween on Monday. What are you gonna be? And Lane Kiffin said, "Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could ask Jimbo if I can borrow his Joker outfit." <laughs> and then I'm just like, "Wow!" And then you know, just pulling no punches. No, and he didn't really pull any punches all week. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that 
Jimbo had called him and Nick Saban clowns. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know this had happened over the recruiting. I knew that him and Saban had their beef, but I didn't know that Little Lane right. was down there punching on the legs. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Stop talking bad about my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking Jimbo in the shins. I, you know, we, we talked about A&M last week just being a dumpster fire. It's not, I mean, it's not good. Arguably right now, one of the worst teams in their own conference, and that's a conference that has Vanderbilt and Missouri. And, Missouri. and um, Auburn. Luck- luckily for them. I mean, Dalton, there's there's a legitimate chance. That they I don't mean, make a bowl. That they don't make a bowl and that they maybe only win two more games. And it's Auburn and UMass. Yeah. Like, thank God for that out-of-conference cupcake in November. Because, I mean, Florida, pretty good chance to lose that game. Um, they're favored somehow. Well, I mean, Florida hadn't Florida, exactly which, just yeah, Florida set the world on either. fire. Then, but, you know, the Richardson kid can put together a halfway I would decent offense. Florida. I would pick Florida, too. Yeah. And, you know, the ETN kid for Florida is good. Where, you, where you're going to get with A&M is can you score? Right. And, and well, I mean, we'll see. I, I hope they lose. I hope they go 5-7 and seven after all the shit I had to listen to last year <laughs> on Twitter from these fools. God, five and seven would just be the perfect ending. It's looking like a very realistic possibility. Um, so, not not going to talk a whole lot about A and M, but they they did lose that game and Ole Miss did cover. We both were on Ole Miss in that game, so it was a win for us. That takes us into our next game, Dalt. Um, Oklahoma State, for some reason, traveled to Manhattan. Did to, they to, did, to did, play football? Did um, they travel? And they did not play. Very good football on did, Saturday. Did they travel? Uh, they were there, sort of. Uh, BP's not going to enjoy this one. No, um, no, no, he's not. This So, Kansas State came in as a one-and-a-half-point home favorite, and without their starting quarterback, defeat Oklahoma State 48-0 to zero at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you took Kansas State here, so as a win for you, I, I just thought Oklahoma State would win the game. Like, well, I, I just thought easily they'd win the game. Um, not easily, but and I, I don't want to discredit Kansas State. Like they're a good team, but I just I thought that I thought they'd have trouble with Spencer Sanders. But my God, that OSU offense is not very good right now. And that's they, and that's what I was going to say. The reason I took K State is a little bit of me thought this that. Texas game, Oklahoma State played out of their mind. Yeah. Spencer Sanders played really, really good. The receivers, the freshman young receivers were making great catches. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of drops against Texas. And Texas left a lot on the table, and K-State didn't. Right. K-State took advantage of every mistake. Well, and, and, you know, OSU wins that game against Texas, but you remember how bad they were in special teams in that game with yeah. the what the muff quote unquote muff punt. Um, they get the one blocked. Yeah, the one blocked, and I think they missed a field goal. Yeah, missed a field goal at half. Um, allowed some big punt returns to Worthy, mm-hmm. um, which Texas was not really able to capitalize on. But their special teams wasn't very good. Right, and that's something that you can't do against K-State. Kansas State because their special teams advantage. is always good. Um, and this was just, I mean, a beatdown. It was, a, it was shellacking. I mean, like, 
it was 28 to nothing like that. I mean, it seemed like I, I watched quite a bit of this game until it got to about 35 nothing. And I was like, okay, well, um, yeah, that's, that's over. Go ahead and, and sign off on that one. And it's just another testament to Kleinman's coaching. The, yeah, the, just the hard nose. Hey, like everybody, like Derek Mason made the comment. Oh, whenever I, whenever I look out in our parking lot, I see a lot of F-150s and hard-nosed kids and stuff like that, farm trucks, kind of taking a shot at Texas and all their Lamborghinis and stuff. Yeah. You Kansas, go to Kansas, Kansas State, State, they yeah. drive tractors. Yeah, to they the drive tractors. <laughs> they, they show up to work. All, this, all of a sudden, um, Will Howard is the quarterback at Kansas State, and Kurt Warner's son looks like a damn Bolitnikoff winner um, against OSU. And it's the uh, 296 yards, Dalt, a backup quarterback, throws for 296 and four touchdowns. And so now you have a real conversation that needs to be had at Kansas State of is Will Howard. He's your guy. Yeah. I mean, he's your guy. I mean, I I like Adrian Martinez. I thought he was going to be kind of the cog that helps that offense be next level. But at the same time, Will Howard – he just opens up the playbook. playbook. Yeah, you you can't put eight guys in the box against Will Howard because he has the ability to throw a good ball over the top. Right. And it's just, I mean, they do some out-of-character stuff, Kansas State does. Fourth oh, yeah. and ten, and they go for it. Why not? They score a touchdown. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, they... They pretty much could have done anything on Saturday. Right. And uh, then I was having flashbacks watching that game, Dalt. You know, Brendan Presley, it's fourteen to nothing, and they get a long pass to him and he's free, gets inside the twenty. Fumbled. And Kansas State's linebacker, safety, whatever, comes flying in to make the tackle and punches it out. Yep. I mean, that's just you 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 coach that, but you can't instill that into players. Players just have to want to be that aggressive. And I Kansas State looked good, and this this game really kind of puts the coals to my Longhorns. Yeah, makes it makes it tough. makes the makes the three way tiebreaker a little bit harder to live because now we have to beat Kansas State mm-hmm. by twenty eight yeah. to win the three way tiebreaker. Yeah, um, and we we ain't beat very many people by twenty eight this year. Right? Yeah, you, you, we talked about Texas earlier, which that's a game we're going to talk about. Um, they're going to find out over the next two weeks if they're worthy of that top twenty five ranking. Oh, for sure. Um. Kansas State's a good football team. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn's just Chris Kleiman. You see, he said after the game that he told Mike Gundy that that was they could not have played any better. And Mike Gundy said something like, "Well, you picked a damn bad day to do it, or something." <laughs> you picked a you picked a damn bad day <laughs> uh, to, to do that. And you know, this kind of gives me a little bit of hope. You know, the roller coaster goes up. Yeah, it's got to come. The down. roller coaster's got to come back down. Yeah, kind of like what OSU just did this last week. You know the roller coaster was up. We beat Texas. Yep. Here comes. Yep. Here comes. Here it comes back down. The old letdown. Big yes. Twelve. The the Big Twelve roller coaster. It's it's a fun ride for some, but oh, for yeah. some it's not. Um. So yeah, you you were on Kansas State there. Um. So that was a win for you. I, I took OSU and was it's a big fat L. Um. But our final game of the week, Tennessee. I don't want to talk about it. Absolutely dis. Mantles, Kentucky at home, forty-four to six. I get what I deserve. So, I've been on this podcast screaming Rocky Top at the top of my lungs, talking about Tennessee being the second to first best team in the East since preseason, 
and I do something as stupid as think Kentucky can keep it close. Kentucky time yeah. will always be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put out a, a, long, a tweet apologizing to Vol Football that I should not have went away from them, and I apologize. So, this gave Tennessee their fifth win over a top 25 team, um, most of which those teams, I believe, are still ranked besides Pitt. I think, mm-hmm. and I don't know who else. I think only three of them are Was still Kentucky ranked. ranked? They were when they played, yeah. What well, are they ranked now? They're not, no. Okay, so I didn't think so. Um, this game actually looked like it was going to be kind of a back-and-forth game early. Um, t- Tennessee scored, and then Kentucky kind of dro- drove right down the field and answered. They missed the extra point, I believe, or it got blocked. It got blocked. It got blocked. Um, so it was 7-6. to six. And then Tennessee just uh, took off. Yeah, they they turned the engine on. I have a question. Got it in fifth gear. I have a question. Okay. And if there's any SEC defensive coordinators out there that listen to this podcast. Unlikely. Well, I mean, I just have a question for you. Do y'all realize that Jalen Hyatt's really fucking good and well, you might want to cover him? I- yeah, I'm I'm really confused by that because I, I know he's like fast, good receiver, but you know when he's, you're running wide open, it's <laughs> right. Not, I mean, it's, it's not hard to catch the ball. It's week in and week out that he is literally the only person in the frame catching the football. Five receptions, 138 yards, two touchdowns. Let's just let's do some quick math here, Dalton. 138, 27 yards a catch. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. pretty good. That's not bad. Uh, so, yeah, he's probably going to win the Blitnikoff. Oh, easily. Um, I don't, I don't, point. I mean, unless he just dies. Yeah. I mean, well, who'd probably still give it to him? Yeah. I'd, That'd be his headstone. Right. <laughs> Engrave uh, it in. But I'm, I mean, that's, like, he does make great catches, but most of the time he's just open. And credit to Hendon Hooker for, being able to hit him. But, I mean, Tennessee, we all kind of thought, like, oh, damn, they lost Tillman. Didn't matter. And he just steps right in. He's like, nah, we'll be all right. Don't worry. Uh, Yeah, so Tennessee, from the second quarter on, scored 37 unanswered. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Will Levis first-round pick crowd is gone. Taking, gone. I don't yeah, even want to well, You know what's it. crazy is I'm still seeing people talk about him and C.J. Stroud being the top guys. And he was terrible. No, he was awful. I mean, I think he, let's see, three interceptions. Well, and the one wasn't his fault. No. His no. receiver got absolutely <laughs> upended. In prime time, Dalton, I think if you're an NFL scout, you're going to want your franchise quarterback to be a little better than 16 for 27 with 98 yards and three INTs. Right. Um, I mean, I, I know a quarterback that went in went into Knoxville and played a little bit better than that that's going to be in this draft class. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, you just think, tell me when I name a quarterback not better than Will Levis in this draft class. Are you ready? Hendon, Hendon Hooker. Okay. C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Will, or not Will Levis, but uh, Bryce Young. Yep. Um, let's go with Drake May. I'm trying to think. I, I'm not arguing. I'm, I was, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to grasp on who else would be in um, this class. I don't. I don't know. I'd probably draft Stetson Bennett. 
over Will Levis at this point. I was going to say Stetson Bennett. Even uh, though he's 37 years old. And that, I think that's the I think that's kind of the NFL knock on Hinton Hooker is he's so damn old. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I took Tennessee minus 12 and a half. You took Kentucky. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just bury that tape, Dalt. Um, yeah, just don't listen. I don't we, think very many people listen to it anyway, yeah. so it, we, it doesn't we, exist. We just won't talk about it. So that rounds out our Week 9 review. Uh, some really good games, some some kind of lopsided games, obviously. Um, but I went, like I said, I went 4-2, and two, Dalt went 3-3. Three and three. And so with that, that takes us right into our Week 10. Can't believe we're already at Week 10 preview. Uh, Dalt, you come in with a 28-23 and 23 overall record. Pretty good. I am now improved to 24 and 27. I'm, I'm getting close You're to being creep, back to 500. Creep, creeping in on me. Um, so we've got, you know, six more games that we're going to talk about, you know, kind of preview and, and give our picks. And our first game, um, God, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, <laughs> two, our, our only unranked versus unranked matchup, but, you know, it, there's a couple teams that are five and three. You know, it's a, it's a big game for both at this point in their seasons. Um, close spread, obviously, big game for me being an OU fan. But that is the Dave Aranda led Baylor Bears are headed to Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners. This game is at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and OU comes in as a three and a half point favorite. Tune into ESPN Plus to watch this game. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> I've seen so many. So many of the quote-unquote olds on Twitter that are just, they are upset. <laughs> I mean, they're like, I canceled ESPN Plus after the uh, so-and-so. I can't remember who we played on ESPN Plus at, early in the year, um, one of our non-conference games. But they're like, I canceled ESPN Plus after that game. What's up with this? It's like, you're five and three. That was part of the deal. <laughs> like, some of these games are going to be on ESPN Plus. Um Obviously not a problem for me. I've got ESPN Plus because I live in the 21st century. No, no lie. Um, like most fans of sports should. Where, where are you at on this game? Both teams looked good last week. Mm-hmm. You know, OU looked like they fielded a halfway decent. A, a respectable football team. A, a ha- yeah, I mean, I was going to say a defense. Well, yeah. But... You Iowa know, State's also I, terrible. I was going to say, how much of that are you going to chalk up to Iowa State not being very good? I mean, the Decker kid. Three interceptions. Yeah, did not look good. I mean, he hit Stutzman right in the face Yeah, which one time, which is hard to do. because <laughs> yeah, It's rarely, a miracle that he was there. It's rarely, he's, it, rarely that he's there in position. But the offense had its moments where it looked good. And against that Iowa State defense is saying something because it's kind of – Probably one of the better defenses in the Big Twelve. It's the best defense. In the yeah, Big I would I would go as far as saying that. But Baylor didn't look bad against Tech. No, I mean they actually scored points. I think this is not to cut you off. A matchup of two teams that are pretty pretty close. Yeah, yeah, and that's different styles and different. Like they're good at different things, but I think they're. I think this should be a good game. I'm going to take Baylor plus three and a half. I don't blame you and, at all. And and it's not for the simple fact that I just hate OU, but I think that uh, over under sixty one and a half. I could see that very easily. I mean, this Baylor defense isn't just as good as they were last year, but what you're going to get a lot of with Aranda on the road is he's going to rely on this very very 
experienced offensive line, and they're going to hand it to that freshman running back who is a tank. Right. And OU in the run game has not been great this season. No, they were good last week. But, but again, you don't know how good Iowa State is. Iowa State doesn't have a very good run game. Outside of a Decker's run out of the end zone for like 28 yards, OU held them like under 50 yards rushing yeah. the rest of the game. Um, but I, I talked about these teams being kind of similar. You look at the, the stats, kind of the comparison. Baylor's averaging 38 points a game. OU's averaging 33. Baylor's allowing 23. OU's allowing 28. Total yards, 456 to 454. Opponent's yards, Baylor has a pretty big edge on that, about 100 yards difference. Um, but, but Baylor hasn't played the top end of the, of the Big, big 12. 12 like right. OU has. So, you're taking Baylor plus three and a half. The last time we picked an OU game, I did not take my Sooners because I wanted to win a game. I wanted to get a game back because I knew how that game was going to go. I do think Oklahoma can win this game. But I don't know if they're going to win by more than three, Dalt. <laughs> I really don't. Um, it's it's hard to say. I I don't think Baylor's as good, like defensively, no. as they've been. I don't think that their offense is great, but OU's defense is not bad. Um, but you know what? I'm going to put some faith in my Sooners, and I'm like I'm going to go ahead and take take OU at minus three and a half. I I, I do like that. I, I, I like that you're putting a little faith in them. I, I and think, I, and I hope they break your heart. They probably will. They're pretty good at doing that. Um, but, yeah, I think they can win this game by a touchdown. So, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm back on track. OU's a couple games over 500. We're, we're trying to salvage the season <laughs> hey, here, hey, Colt. Hey, you back-to-back wins. You know what one more means. There you go. A streak. We're going streaking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you like Baylor plus three and a half. I'll, I'll take the Sooners at minus three and a half. And so, that takes us into our next game, which does feature a top 25 team, and that is number five, Clemson, going to... Notre Dame, Notre Dame, uh, six thirty o'clock, six thirty o'clock, six thirty o'clock, six thirty o'clock. I love it. Um, kind of a primetime NBC game. Notre Dame, you know, they have the deal with NBC, so night game. Um, but Clemson comes in as a three and a half point road favorite, and I just, I don't even know why I'm picking this game, Dalt, because I got Clemson on the list yet again. So, so. Well, the good news is, is all you got to do is pick with me. Okay. And because I mean, I'm going to get it right. I'm I'm all over these Clemson games. Okay. Um and don't take Clemson. Really? No. <laughs> Interesting. And I th- and I'm I'm going to chalk up a lot of what has happened. You think they lose this game? Mhm. Really? I do. I think that they stub their toe with this game. Because Notre Dame has hit a little bit of a run where they found a little bit of offensive success and the defense has looked much improved. Right. And we thought that the defense would carry them this year with Freeman retaining most of his staff, but we didn't know what the offense was going to do. And the offense had their struggles in the beginning, but I think they're figuring it out. And I don't, I don't trust Clemson's offense. Will Shipley's a great back. Oh, yeah. And I think the defensive front, the defensive line is really good. Potentially yeah. one of the best in the country. The Henry, Henry Kidd and the Breeze. Breeze Kidd. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just. But, I mean, if they announced that Kate Klubnick was starting, I'd feel a little bit better about taking Clemson, but I don't trust DJ. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're inclined to think that Marcus Freeman, being the defensive guy that he is, 
probably will have a pretty good game plan for, you know, how they're familiar with Clemson. They, I think they play pretty much every year. I mean, for the most part. For the most part. I think they played the last two years. Um, which, you know, Notre Dame was in the ACC that one year, the COVID year. Yeah. Um, so they played twice that year. But, you know, you're on Notre Dame here, and I just don't know if I can trust Notre Dame. Because just a couple of the games that they've lost, but at the same time, uh, my track record picking Clemson is very bad. <laughs> so I, I don't really want to pick Clemson either. So if if you're going to take Notre Dame plus three and a half, you know what? Give me the Irish plus three and a half. I love it. I, I'll, I'll trust you. I'll take your word for it. Um, I've I've taken Clemson, and they'll probably win by two touchdowns. <laughs> but whatever. <clears throat> At least you won't gain a game on me if they do. Hey, that's 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 all you got to do. Is you just got to stay in reach. And uh, but I do think you're kind of right. I think they have found a little bit of footing offensively. Um, so. Whether they'll be able to have success against what's you know still a pretty good Clemson defense, you know we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, with DJ at quarterback, I think Clemson may may struggle against Notre Dame, and so we're both both going to take the Fighting Irish at plus three and a half in that one. And so we're going to stay. You know, it wasn't necessarily an ACC matchup there, but we're going to stay in the ACC. Number 21, Wake Forest, traveling to number 22, NC State. This is a 7 o'clock primetime game. Wake Forest is a four-and-a-half-point road favorite in this one. After coming off a loss to Louisville, I think both of these teams lost last week. I'm pretty sure. I'll have to go back and look at NC State, but I know that I, I Wake, know I know Wake Forest got ran. Yeah, got beat by, by Louisville. Louisville. Um, let's see here. Sorry, um, radio silence. Right. Um, no, NC State beat Vautech last week. Okay. By one point. It was somebody else that I saw that Wake and another, I think another ACC team had lost. But um, what, oh, what are you, what oh, are you okay. like? Okay. I, I mean, give me Wake Forest uh, with the points. I mean, I know it's a road game, whatever. But you know that offense was kind of driven by the Leary kid for North Carolina State. And with him being out the rest of the season with a torn pec, I mean, it's just, I think that it's just prime for Wake Forest to bounce back, you know, maybe overlooking Louisville a little bit last week and just kind of getting jumped on and not being able to get anything going. But right, Louisville's always good for one of those. Yeah, and I mean, you, you kind of look at, what you're looking at here are two teams that are six and two, um, but Wake Forest being the road team and coming in as the road team as a four and a half point favorite, I think that kind of tells you all you need to know. Right. Wake Forest is a better football team. Yes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the Hartman kid who's had, you know, despite missing what the first two games, two games. Yeah. a lot really good numbers. Um, and that's another guy we talked about in the draft. I think the draft. He yeah, should. Hartman, he, he, he will go this year, won't he? Um, so, yeah, if, if you're on. The Demon Deacons, I I also am on. Which NC State's better defensively, but Wake Forest. I just think Wake Forest is going to be too much for them. I mean, coming off that loss, they're going to try to be getting back on track. Um, so you like Wake Forest minus four and a half. I also like the Demon Deacons at minus four and a half in that one. And so our next game is the Hartman kid playing. I don't know. I know. I don't, I don't think he finished. In Louisville. Yeah, I I think I had saw that he got hurt, 
but I didn't know how serious it was. I'm still taking Wake Forest. Our next game, Dalt, and this is one that you obviously have a ton of interest in. It's your number 24, Texas Longhorns, going up to Manhattan to play the number 13-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. And this is a night game in Manhattan. Manhattan. Shit. The, the Little Apple, things may get kind of weird, Dalt. Going to be a lot of people wearing overalls, uh, shirtless. Oh, doing the, what is it they do up there, the wall ball? Yeah, the uh, Wabash Cannonball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Texas comes in as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. I, I, I don't know how. <laughs> um, coming how? off Texas coming off a bye week. How in the f- actual fuck, I'm sorry for our listeners and my profanity, <laughs> but how is Texas favored in this game? I think it's solely because Texas is a more talented team. I mean, on paper, Texas should win this game nine times out of ten. We should we should be eight and one then. I, or I know seven and one. If but it was but Vegas, they do it. They know that, and it probably has a little bit to do with they know who people will put money on. Um, so obviously you're taking Texas minus two and a half. I mean, I'm always going to take Texas minus two and a half. And I, what I hope and I pray is that last week was Kansas state ceiling. Like I, I, I'm, I hope that Kleinman, if they have a higher ceiling than last week, they might win the national title. (laughs) I, I mean, I, the thing that really stands out to me and that I worry about is if Texas can't run the football. Yeah. If we if we get into like which they may have we, some trouble with. And, and we we'll, and we might struggle with that, you know. If we get into like third and tens to where Kansas State can rush 3 and drop 8 and they're going to get pressure because the <coughs> What's his name? The defensive end that's just... And DK Uzama. Yeah, Uzama. He is just... I mean, he's a problem. He's really good. I mean, he's going to take a double team, and he's going to allow... I mean, you have to double him. I don't... I believe in the freshman left tackle for Texas a lot more than I do the right tackle, who's a fifth-year senior. But, you know, it's just... We have to run the football, and we we have to stop the run. Yeah. And I know that Will Howard has done a great job throwing the football, but if you're if you're telling me to pick my poison, I'm gonna really go with more of him making a mistake in the pass game than Deuce in the run game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and you, you have to contain Deuce Vaughn if you're Texas and make try, try to make him one dimensional. <clears throat> and you know, and that's Texas has done a really good job of stopping the run all year. I right. mean, the the run defense has not been the problem, and the over the top defense hasn't been bad either. It's I mean, te- Texas has been pretty solid defensively. I mean, you guys average 100, you give up 120 rushing yards a game and only 250 passing yards. I mean, that's pretty, in today's college football, that's pretty good, realistically. Yeah. And we're going to have to be, we're going to have to be better than that. I mean, I think that the next two weeks, Texas has to play perfect yeah. to, to go 2 and 0. I would say that's. But give me my horns. I think that Quinn kind of comes back to earth. The bye week couldn't have come at a better time. You know, I'd like to have it before the OSU game, but coming off a of bye week, maybe get a little healthier. Maybe, maybe, maybe that extra week of preparation for Kansas State really. Texas gets to take their turn with the purple daddies of the Big yeah, Twelve. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> they annihilated Oklahoma. 
They annihilated Oklahoma State, and Texas is next. Um, maybe. I actually am going to take Texas with you, minus two and a half. I think they win this game. Um, I think it is close, but I, I do think Texas plays good enough defense. And, you know, uh, Quinn now has that kind of the road atmosphere under his belt, kind of yeah. knows what to expect. Uh, Manhattan's not going to be as tough a place to play No, and I don't as think, I don't Oklahoma think, State. I don't think it's – I think they're supposed to only be like a 5 to 10-mile-an-hour win and like the 30 that he yeah. played in and, in Stillwater. You know, not that Kansas State's a super easy place to play, no. but um, I, I don't think it's as tough as an atmosphere as OSU – and, you know, with him now having a little bit of that experience, I think coming off the bye week, I think Sark's going to have a really good game plan dialed up um, for Kansas State. I think Texas's athleticism um, and just, you know, ability on the edge with your wide receivers and Bijan, like I just think that it's going to give Kansas State some problems. And, and yeah, I, I as much as it pains me to, to pick Texas, I guess, um, I, I, I'm going to take the Longhorns at minus, minus two and a half also in this game. And I, I do think it's close, and I think Texas could easily lose it as much as they could win it. But but I, I think Texas is going to bounce back here and get a big win on the road. they got to win by 28. I don't think they're winning by 28. <laughs> they gotta, they got to win by 28. And, and or if we win, winning is all that matters. Because in about, what is it? Three weeks from now, me and you out here on this Boomer Sooner wagon for Bedlam. Because <laughs> I, I need going to be pulling for my Sooners. I, I, I love to I, see I, it. I will wear a Dylan Gabriel jersey <clears throat> if it means that OU beats OSU and Texas has – Just ruins their season. Right, yeah. I mean, that that would just chef's I, kiss. Kind of puts me at a crossroads because I ruined OSU season. But, but you make Texas's. Texas's. Uh Yeah, so – we're both on Texas at minus two and a half here. And Texas into our last two games, Dalt. Definitely the two biggest games of the weekend. SEC uh, couple, games. Yeah, SEC games. Couple of top ten matchups. Kind of going to decide who goes in the east and the west. Yeah, yeah. big playoff implications. Uh, but our first one is number six, Alabama, is going to Death Valley to take on LSU. Mind you, this is a night game at six o'clock in Death Valley. So things are probably going to get weird to a degree. Bama comes in as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. And what do you think? I mean, shit. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to go win by that much at a night game at LSU that you know that they're going to show up for. I mean, if this was like Mississippi State night game, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's not going to be max capacity, whatever. But Bama's here. Yeah, I mean you're no, you're a top ten team in the country, LSU. Somehow, whatever. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I don't really trust LSU. But I mean, I'm not real high on Bama's offense. I think the Gibbs kids talented. Yeah, give me Alabama. I Alabama mean, minus I, thirteen and a half. Okay. I, I don't think that. I think LSU is going to have a harsh reality of I was really hoping you'd take LSU. No. I, 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 I did not want to take LSU I, just to be different. I, I couldn't. I mean I don't really get the the hype around LSU. I get that they beat Ole Miss, but I mean 
Texas A&M just almost beat Ole Miss. I think the one caveat for LSU is the Daniels kid. Being able to run? Being able to run. I think it could be an issue for Bama, maybe. But, man, I... But, I mean, they can take a guy out of coverage to, Bama, do, to cover they, him. They just got ranked. They they barely got beat by the number one team in the country. On That's the, their only on, loss. On the road. And this is a team that has now just come in at number six in the latest rankings, which Nick Saban probably is just... And like, they're coming off of a bye week. Licking his chops, Dalt. They're coming off a of bye week, Coming too. off a of bye week. I, I, As much as I would love to go against you just to try and get a game back, I... I don't trust LSU. I I refuse. I, if they win this game, okay, I'll apologize. But until that happens, give me Bama minus thirteen and a half. I think I think they can easily win this game by two touchdowns. I think they could potentially embarrass LSU. Who? Let's not forget two weeks ago, Dalton got destroyed at by, home by Tennessee. Who Alabama got beat on a last second tipped field goal. Right. Like, and I mean. That that game, it, I think Tennessee might have took their foot off the gas. Oh yeah, yeah. Getting, getting ready for Bama. It the was next over. Week. It was over quickly. Yeah, I mean they were up. It was like what twenty eight to three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Give me Bama. I so, don't. I don't trust LSU, and I'm just super happy that. What's his name? Who's their head coach? Brian. Brian Kelly, Kelly is such a bitch. He <laughs> wished that he wished Nick Saban a happy birthday in his press conference. Oh, nice. Nothing like a kiss ass. Right. <laughs> Please, Daddy Saban, don't beat us by a hundred. Um, now, so, now you got Lane Kiffin going over there telling Nick Saban, "Dad, he beat us two weeks ago." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I beat Jimbo, Nick, so go get him. Nick Saban's out for vengeance right. for Lane. Uh, that takes us into both both of us on Bama there at minus thirteen and a half, and that that takes us into our our game of the week this week. The spread has gone down significantly. Good. Um, not, I mean, super significant. It was it, like twelve. Yeah, it, it's gone down. Um, since we talked about it, but an arguably a game of a battle of number one versus number one. You got the number one AP team, Georgia, versus the number one college football playoff team, do you know Tennessee. What, do you know what kind of marketing CBS could have done? Right. right. If, uh, the, if they would have put like one versus one in this. Yeah. But ultimately, going off the playoff rankings, we have number one Tennessee going to Athens to take on the number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs. This is a 230 game on CBS. Georgia comes in as an eight-point favorite. Oh, that's tough, Dalton. I, I feel like you have to pick Tennessee because of what happened last week. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. If Georgia would have been the number one team in the country in the playoff poll, I would have a million percent been taking Tennessee this week. Oh, no. But they disrespected Kirby Smart and oh, this Bulldog no. team. Oh, no. And the mailman is going to rip Tennessee a new one. The mailman is going to deliver? The mailman will deliver. And I'm not saying this as just blatantly saying that Tennessee can't score, but you're going to Athens. Now, granted, let's talk about all of Tennessee's big wins. Where have they been? Most uh, at home. In the comfy confines of Neyland Stadium. Yeah. Let me give you this. Did you see that um, a donor at Tennessee bought up like what was left of the tickets and was basically giving them out for free to Tennessee fans? Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. I don't think it was like a ton of tickets, but apparently, I saw this on Twitter, a Tennessee donor, somebody, a lot of money, bought a ton of tickets and I guess was like giving them out. To, he said, I saw the quote said something like, we want 
Georgia to feel like they're playing in Neyland at home. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It T- does. Tennessee's all in, brother. It doesn't matter. You're between the hedges. And this defense. Is Georgia a super tough place to play? Is it? Yes. I mean, I feel like it is because they're so good. I just don't feel like it's a super, super hostile environment. Like close, It's close to like 87 or so thousand fans. Yeah. Something like and- that. 89, might be right at 90. It may be over 90. I looked at that not too long ago. So with all that being said, give me Tennessee plus eight. Tennessee plus eight. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, You know what? Just for the sake of being different, because we pretty much agreed on our last four picks, I'm going to take Georgia minus eight. I I wanted to take Georgia, but you know. And this is not me turning my back on Tennessee, because this game, I mean, if Georgia wins, they're just going to flip spots. And now Tennessee will have a hard time getting in the playoff, I think, you know, because this is an elimination game. And because, and I only say this because you cannot put a one loss, not only non conference winner, but non division winner. Yeah. Like, no, I, I agree. If Tennessee was in the West, this game would just be like a who cares game. But, yeah, it's a divisional game. But it's a divisional game. So, if Georgia wins this, Georgia's not losing again. No. Neither one of these teams are losing again after no. this week. No. So, you're going to get a 12-0 and versus an 11-1. and That's what I was talking Look, about earlier. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. It is going to be very interesting. But, yeah, give me. Especially if Alabama wins the SEC championship game. Right. Because then you're going to have three one-loss one loss SEC teams. Yep. So, let's recap. Uh, Oklahoma, Baylor at Oklahoma. You like the Bears at plus three and a half. I like the Sooners at minus three and a half. Clemson at Notre Dame. We are both taking Notre Dame plus three and a half. Wake Forest at NC State. We both like Wake Forest minus four and a half. Texas at Kansas State. We actually both like Texas minus two and a half here. Bama at LSU. We both like Bama minus 13 and a half. And Tennessee at Georgia. We are different. You like Tennessee plus eight. I like Georgia minus eight. So not not a lot of discrepancy here. Maybe a chance to get one game back, possibly. Um, but it's going to be uh, another good week of college football, Dalt. Should be a great weekend. I mean, we start at 11 and go through the night with good football. So. Yeah. A lot of these games, like I said, a lot of them are afternoon and night games. So. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. But um, with that, I, if you guys enjoyed this show, uh, please rate us five stars, write a good review. Uh, the podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, and Stitcher. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching the Cover Two Podcast. Dalton is on Twitter at the Oki Longhorn. I'm on on Twitter as just myself, Tim Smithson. We're gonna get you a nickname. Uh, yeah, st- still working on that. But uh, without further ado, Dalt, if, if you don't got anything else, I guess we're out. Uh, don't forget to cover the flats. <laughs>